Hi, everyone. This is Shannon, co-host of Terror Talk Podcast. I wanted to speak to you guys directly about where you can get more content from us. You can become a part of our superfan membership. For the month of December, <laughs> I will be adding daily Patreon-only content. Do not ask me how I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's a huge undertaking. But for the month of December, every day in December, I'm going to upload something new. So join us and become a part of our creative community on Patreon so we can get started on something new together. Just go to patreon.com and join us. Hi, everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Here we are again. <gasps> doop 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 How you doing? I'm good. There's some... There's some good stuff coming out this year. Yeah. I'm really hoping we get to a place where maybe at least part of the movie theater can be open, like socially distanced. Cause yeah, I mean, I was thinking the other day, one of the things that's like, where I'm always a little bit caught up in, um, award season, not because I watch the award shows, but because I get screeners. And so, um, I vote, but also because, I discover a lot of interesting films yeah. from like following the awards news. I don't actually sit down and watch the awards shows usually, but I follow the awards news and I see them, some of the movies before in past years, mm -hmm. I see some of the movies before they've been released because I get a screener or whatever. But I was thinking the other day, like this year is really strange. Like there's an opportunity for, um, some films that maybe haven't gotten attention in the past to actually get nominated because right. there isn't going to be like, I know. I haven't gotten a lot of screeners. I've gotten sure. a lot of I've gotten a lot of stuff from like Netflix and Hulu and the TV shows and different things that they're nominating, but uh yeah. Yeah. Not I, sure what's gonna happen there. So twenty twenty one I hope will I needs, hope will be more fruitful. It needs to deliver. Yeah. So I love Carrie Russell. Yeah. You know, I love the Americans and I I loved Felicity. So she has one coming out called Antlers. Yeah. In February, which I'm looking forward to in an isolated Oregon town, a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother become embroiled with her enigmatic student whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with a legendary ancestral creature who came before them. So I'm excited for this. I, I love um, watching her in most things. And uh, Jesse Plemons, who was in Friday Night Lights, will be in it. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that was supposed to come out uh, this year. Because I think we might have mentioned it, at least I remember thinking about it and it being on my list of like anticipated horror for 2020. Yeah. Um, it was definitely one of those where I was really looking forward to it. You know, the other horror film or, you know, a very sci-fi film that I love that she was in was Dark Skies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, if you're going to go horror, sci-fi, thriller. It's just more sci-fi, yeah. Um, it, they, it kind of ticks all those boxes. It's also a thriller. Dark Skies is an excellent flick. Yep. I really like that one. Agreed. Um, then, you know, I thought of you on this one cause it's creator of the Shaun, the creator of Shaun of the Dead, but last night in Soho mm. comes out in April. So young girl passionate about fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer, but 1960s London is not what it seems. And time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. That's a great time period in London. Yep. Actually, like all the fashion will be pretty fun. Um, and again, horror thriller, so maybe it'll have some yeah. juice to it. Uh, and then there's three more. There's Spiral, which features Chris Rock. Yeah, different Spiral mm -hmm. that, <laughs> than the one we talked about before. That comes out in May. And then I'm really looking forward to, in June, is the new Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. 
Yep. Um, and then clearly we've already talked about this one a million times in October. We've have uh, Halloween kills. So some good stuff. Yep. Looking forward to, I, I just look forward to it actually happening. I know. <laughs> and I'm not going to put anything out there in the world about like, it's definitely going to happen. Right. Because that is not the vibe right now. Yeah. We'll see. We, we shall even see. if it's straight to video, we yeah, shall see. Yeah. I'm totally good with that. Um, I just want more movies and I do know, I mean, my friends that work in production are back in production right now. Yeah. I mean, we might, you know, it's possible that we might get shut down again and maybe even by the time this airs, we're shut down again at Mm -hmm. safety at home or what have you. But honestly, my editor friends have, um, what's ended up happening is they've moved their rigs home Mm -hmm. and they, or they're, or they're transporting, um, drives, Back and forth yep. to the office. And so they're in production. You know, there's no food on the set. There's no, there's all these like strict rules mm-hmm. and things, but, but things are happening. Absolutely. I have clients who are editors. Um, some who, some are working from home and finishing touches on movies. Some are, are sit in a studio by themselves all day. I have friends of mine who do production. They get tested every week. Yep. They all go in and so they're, they're finding ways. So you know, maybe even if we do do go safety at home, it's possible that they'll still keep going. I think they will. Because they, of the, um, we we're now testing. We've more. adapted. We're we've adapting. Adapt, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I, and I think that, uh, as superficial as it sounds, mm-hmm. and we talked about this a little bit last week when you were like, you know, I would check in with the election, but then I would need to go back to, yeah. for that palate cleanser is movies and film and television give us a sense of normalcy, just like sports, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like having a little bit of that for our sanity. And um, I don't know, we need it. Absolutely. We need it. It's a part of our mental health, I think. So, And I think another part of our mental health is a little segment we like to call Horror Facts with Girls. Because the horror facts with Kath are important to our mental health. Number one. Okay. The actor playing the creature wore as much as five pounds of makeup that took five hours to apply. Okay, could be any movie. Numero dos. <laughs> Michael Keaton was originally offered the role, but declined. Also, any role. Shut up! <laughs> no. Number three. I will not. The film recycles the line, Help me, said by the main character in both versions... First spoken by Vincent Price in the original version. Not every movie. Number four. She's really mad. Tagline for this movie. This is where it'll give it away. Trying to help you out here. Oh, okay. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Became an instant catchphrase in the culture at large. And one more. Number five. Included among AFI 2001 list of 400 movie. <laughs> you should see her face. She just sort of like screwed it up included, like a dog, like and like the, tilted I, her head, like, I wait, write what? These so fast. So included among the <laughs> AFI's 2001 list of 400 movies nominated for the top 100 most heart pounding movies. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. And AFI thinks so. <laughs> All right. What is it, Shannon? I'm sorry. You just made me laugh so hard. Um, what the f- hell I wrote that. What is that? Um, so the, the be afraid, be very afraid feels so familiar. Yeah. 
Um, and it feels like something I've watched recently, and I can't remember if it's I, it's like a film where like a metamorphosis happens. Yes, because I'm seeing I'm like the, the like I'm flashing in my head about Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, The Fly. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So there was like three different movies with a like there was a werewolf movie in my head. <laughs> I think isn't it Gina Davis who says it? Oh. Let me see. That I don't know. We should totally look that up. Um nineteen eighty six, right? Yes. Um Cronenberg. Remake of The Fly, right. So I, I, I had like a a scene of a werewolf <laughs> metaphorph metamorphosis happening in my head and I did, yeah, I, I did think, flash on Jeff, but like, uh, oh, I got so it. So the origin, <clears throat> yeah, Jeff, um, hmm. well, what's the origin of the phrase? Okay, that's the origin of the phrase, but I think it's, yeah, I, I believe she says it. Yeah, yes. this line is spoken by by uh, Gina, Davis. Jane, Gina Davis, yeah. Well, fair, because yeah. he's pretty frightening in that movie. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Thank he you. was terrifying in that. Yeah, it's a good flick. Mm. I actually, I don't His know. transformation is gnarly. Yeah, that's the part that's good. I mean, that's what actually, honestly, makes me, I mean, it's well acted yeah. for sure. But the part that I remember the most is that transformation It imprinted on me mm-hmm. how gross it is, how the makeup was so good. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say this little piece of news. Um, last month, David Fincher opened up uh, in a chat with Vulture and revealed that Netflix, the Netflix's Mindhunter is um, at least temporarily on hold mm-hmm. uh, with Fincher admitting that there just, you know, wasn't enough people watching to justify the cost and the work involved Yikes. in bringing another season to life. What? I know. Isn't that so strange? Because they had like five seasons they were looking yeah. at. Yeah. And the first two were great. <laughs> And the first one, I mean, the first one was great. And so that's one of the best series I've ever watched. Um, that he, really surprises yeah, me. I know. I mean, but it was do, a very expensive show. Do you think that a lot of people just, I know there's a sort of a sleeper kind of cult following to it. Yeah. Um, because most of the time when I ask people, no, I've never seen, and then they watch it and I'm like, how do you not know about it? I yeah. feel like it hasn't gotten enough. I think it just didn't get enough, uh, exposure not oh. sure i mean streaming is so heavy now but i also feel like in the last couple of years that has gotten even heavier i mean it's it's much i just i think it just keeps getting amplified and and covid has certainly made streaming even heavier like they're making even more deals and making even more money and more because everything is going to streaming and so it's this like new vista but in a new chat with variety uh just this week fincher or actually this will be a couple weeks old when you guys are hearing it but in a new chat with variety uh fincher expressed a hope for the future while also reiterating his recent comments to vulture so he told variety i don't know if it makes sense to continue it was a really expensive show It had a very passionate audience, but we never got the numbers that justified the cost. But this time, Fincher also added a little addendum to that thought, which was, at some point, I'd love to revisit it. The hope was to get all the way up to the late 90s, early 2000s, like in the story. Hopefully get all the way up to people knocking on the door at Dennis Rader's house. So Dennis Rader, the BTK killer, is played by uh, Sonny Valencente in the series. Um, at this point, it sounds like the future of Mindhunter 
may be in Fincher's hands, and he may someday get the urge to jump back into the world of true crime. For now, however, you probably shouldn't expect it to be there, but... That makes me sad. But it does sort of sound like... um, It just sounds like Fincher has... Like, it's still in his head, and he's saying to a journalist, you know, I'd love to revisit it sometime. Mm. So... It's possible, except for by the time they do it, the actors will age out and they'll have to re... <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really... You know? I, I'm really shocked by that. I thought maybe it was paused because of COVID. That's no. Because when we did the episode yeah. on season two, yep. we had talked about how they had signed on for five seasons. I know. I know, but Shame. it just... Because uh, it was made to progress through those decades. Yep. Yeah. That's why he says, like, he had five seasons all plotted out, and they were going to get all the way up to the early 2000s, and, um, but no. So, our hopes are dashed. So, we did a buddy watch. We did. As we do now. Of the Jack in the Box. You know, he was a decent villain. Yeah, I thought so. Um, it was kind of like we watched uh, All Hallows Eve with uh, Art the Clown and Terrifier and all that. And I remember, and you know, kind of some of our comments were like, I mean, this is in the similar vein, right? A clown and all that. But like, I, it it's a similar vein. Like, oh, I can see how this is a great villain and how you would want to make this movie because of the villain. <laughs> yeah. So when a vintage Jack in the Box is uh, unearthed and opened, its new owners soon have reason to believe the creepy clown doll. Uh, within has a life of its own there's some good shots in this it's entertaining it's canadian it's a solid b yep strict horror film you know about 90 minutes canadian came out in may um may of 2020 it looks like but then some listings say 2019 Eh, i don't know it's a writer director uh lawrence fowler the guy who plays jack yeah and the way he moves his body yeah i mean once jack is on the scene like it's, those bits it's are cool. cool. Yeah. I mean, he comes out and he's got it like that slinky body and he's just really, yeah, it was, it was decent. It was, I mean, I found myself mostly entertained. Yeah. I think it's worth a watch. I mean, mm-hmm. if you like horror flicks and you imbibe horror films like we do, I, th- I would say it's worth a watch. Um, you know, the, <laughs> the critics did not think so. No, it's like FYI. a four, four out of 10. <laughs> yeah. What, on like IMDb or something? Yeah, on IMDb, it's a four out of 10. Well, and so, you know, take that for what it's worth. I mean, I know lots of people who like films that aren't very popular and, and you know, you can always fall in love with a film that's not awesome. Um, but basically, it's a cursed jack-in-the-box. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he comes to life and wreaks havoc. It's a very simple premise. It really is. I mean, that's why it can be like in the genre boxes. It just says genre horror because yeah, it's not it. a thriller. It's no. not psychological. It's not any of that. He's just um, a big, scary guy. And that's a, what the whole movie is about. It's fun. Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. I mean, murderous clowns and demonic toys and yep, creepy dolls. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Oh, so... Some of my watches, so other things, we're, we're on to the other watches now. Go for it. Uh, what ended up happening, and I did not do this on purpose, was I ended up watching three of Jeremy Salnier's uh, films. Now, you may know, he's an actor, director, etc. You may know him most notably from the flick Green Room, mm. because that's a really great film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Except for a lot of awards. 
So I, I've reached, I've watched, I've rewatched it actually recently. So um, I don't think that's the green room you're thinking of. Um, oh. The one that was lots of awards is more of a story about racism in the South with yeah. a piano player. Not that one. Oh, which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the horror film, uh, Green Room, which is 2015. Maybe you'll remember as I, as I talk about it. Um, written and directed by Jeremy Salnier. Um, it's, Pretty good. So the film focuses on a punk band who find themselves attacked by neo-Nazi skinheads after witnessing a murder at a remote club in the Pacific Northwest. Um, It's he, you know, this particular filmmaker really wanted to direct a thriller and he did. And it is a really good film. Uh, Anton Yelkin. (laughs) Well, Patrick Stewart is also in it and I love Patrick Stewart and he plays, uh, basically the head of the neo-Nazi group that then tries to solve the problem. There is a problem that happens. <laughs> basically they're out, they, you know, this young, these young kids in this band go out to this club to, you know, they get this gig, this nefarious gig that they don't really know much about. That's going out in the middle of nowhere to play in this club or this bar. And they get there and they very quickly realize that the bar is a neo-Nazi bar. Because you can identify neo-Nazis often from the way they look. And that's obvious. So they play the gig. It goes pretty well. And they're in the green room. And as the description says, there's a murder. Uh, And I won't say really any more than that. But then, of course, now these neo-Nazis have an issue. (laughs) Because they've got outsiders that have witnessed something that's not cool. And then the the horror uh, thriller ensues. And it's a great flick. Well, I loved, I was really sad when I, when Anton Yelkin died. Mm, He was, that was such a weird freak accident. He was like killed by his own car. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Um, He was standing in his driveway and the car like backed up over him. Yeah. God, you hear those stories sometimes. Um, Young guy. I mean, he was, I think one of the reasons why the remake of Fright Night was so great because he was, you know, he ended up playing Charlie. Great young actor. Uh, great young actor went way too soon. He was in Star Trek and all that. Um, he was 27. Yeah. Oosh. Yeah, yeah. Russian born. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Great actor. He's, he did some really good stuff before. Kind of like a, like a Heath Ledger in that way where it's like he was just coming into and picking roles like this. Yeah, I mean, this is this was a really good film, and he was really good in it. So yeah. I would highly recommend this from this director. Um, and then uh, I'm going to talk about a couple more of his films that I actually accidentally ended up watching. Like, I was picking films to watch during October, and I was watching films and lots of films, and I and I came across these other couple of films, and I was like, gosh, this, this mood seems really familiar. Mm. <laughs> and then... Literally not doing a ton of research or anything, but just like I have said in the past, just pushing play and seeing new stuff. I ended up watching all like three of this guy's movies. But anyway, what did you watch before I get into that? (laughs) I I watched a movie that wasn't quite as good as (laughs) what you watched. Um, Let's just say one of the reviews said terrible people being annoying for 85 minutes. (laughs) So I'm, I, you've probably already seen it because I know you watch a lot on Shutter. But the movie's uh, Thirty Miles from Nowhere. Have yep, you seen it? Yep. It was pretty terrible. Oh, so uh, bad. So when five college pals return to rural Wisconsin for their estranged friend's funeral, what <laughs> begins as an uneasy reunion becomes a terrifying fight for survival. So 
Yeah, that sounds I, pretty good, but no. It sounds good. <laughs> and and like I mentioned last week, I love isolation horror film. I love the idea of like people are trapped in and they're far away and they can't get to where they need to go and all this stuff. And it also starts as like a fun adventure, right? Yep. And they're all packed up for the weekend. Not only was the acting cringeworthy, Oosh. Oh um, it was really, really like one dimensional tropes, mm-hmm. which I hate unless that's intentional. Okay. You're watching silent night, deadly night. It's an intentional trope. You go into it going, this is just going to be about people getting sliced and dice and lots of tits. Yeah. I mean, go for it. This is supposed to be taken seriously. Um, yeah. And it really does. It gets to the end, which I won't give away in case anyone wants to waste two hours of their life. Um, (laughs) But it gets to the end and you're, then you kind of figure out what's going on, which I understand that's the case for a lot of horror, but, and then you're just like really disappointed with how overplayed and simplistic and obvious. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've talked about this movie before because I I did watch it a couple maybe a month ago. I don't think so ago or so I I may have I might have chosen not to, <laughs> but yeah it's um it, it was just it, we do not recommend it it was not good it started off and I was like okay this might be kind of fun and oh, as yeah. it, as it continued I'm like I'm done but I let, I let it, yeah I let it go till the end I started to do other things and I'm like oh well that's just predictable and lame. Yeah, I mean, I watch a lot of stuff to the end just to, well, one, to be able to talk about it with you guys, and also just because I'm doing other things and I can finish a movie. You know, I mean, there's 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 certain things that I will, you know, DNF, did not finish. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just having memories of that movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember how it went off the rails at one point. Like, I was with it. Because I can usually... You know, hey, Bad. the first 30 minutes, was so act one was fine. Yeah, it was decent. <laughs> they were setting it up. It could have recovered, but no. no. Um, so the other two movies that I watched uh, from Ye Jeremy uh, was one is called Blue Ruin. Now, like this was a movie that won a lot of, like it won an Independent Spirit Award in 2015. And I probably have this screener in some box that I didn't watch, I guess. <clears throat> uh, American Thriller, 2013, uh, you know, premiered at Cannes Film Festival in France. It's definitely, you know, it had a Kickstarter campaign. It's definitely an indie film. And it definitely has the character-driven, slow, atmospheric uh, build that if you're not into patience (laughs) if you're not like into waiting and really like just being in the world and watching the good acting and and just really kind of being invested in that maybe you wouldn't like it but it's a good film and it pays off i mean it starts to there's a point at which um kind of like what we were talking about with your film that you're talking about like there's a point where you either make it or break it there's a point in the plot or the story the action where you either up the game and it feels like, okay, here we go. You know, yeah. like, oh, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Or, right. or, ooh, did he really do that? Or that kind of thing. And this movie does that. And okay. I, and I believe it pays off. And, um, 
and I would recommend it. But just know that it's got that slow, um, character-driven feel to it Mm -hmm. until that action and stuff happens a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, I don't mind slow, moody stuff. No, I don't either. If there's a payoff, a a good payoff and whatever that is. Right. Um, this one I would say that about the other one of his films, which is, which I happened to catch again, like through no intention, <laughs> I ended up watching it. Uh, it's called hold the dark and it's from 2018. So more recent than the other films I've discussed again, Jeremy Salnier and Macon Blair in a team because in blue ruin, uh, I believe Macon, uh, Blair was actually the, yeah, he starred in that. And then in this one, it's his screenplay, but all of them are directed by Jeremy. So they obviously have an, a team. Um, now this flick is called hold the dark and it actually has Alexander Skarsgård in it. Um, and some other actors you might recognize and has an American Indian feel to it. There's some of that all also premiered. Oh, at Jeffrey a, Wright. Yeah. Also premiered at a film festival. Um, so there were some things I really liked about this flick because I do like this. I have decided that I do like this director and I want him to do more and I want to see more of what he does. Like it's just intrigued me even more for this. I feel like, um, Macon's script, um, it lost me somewhere in the middle and it got kind of incredibly convoluted. And then I think it tried to do too much possibly. I'm not going to, break down the script and be highly critical because I did enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy this director, good acting. Um, I really like Alexander Skarsgård. So I was really happy to see him, you know, in a flick, there was, uh, some good action cause it's an action thriller as well. There was definitely some good action. Um, some interesting sort of military scenes. Um, and there was lots of kind of, different locations and different things that were happening that I think kind of clouded it a little bit. But so out of the three, it was not, it was my least favorite of the three, but it had a very unsettling aesthetic Mm -hmm. (laughs) to offer, which I appreciated. Um, But the, but the narrative, the story was uh, shaky. Okay. I guess would be my, my initial thoughts. Um, I would watch it again though, just because I like this filmmaker to try and see if I could find more about it. Um, did you, did you watch murder party? Yeah. His other film. I think I have seen that. Okay. I haven't seen that, but that looks pretty interesting. Yeah. That, that has gotten, um, that a lot of people talk about that flick as being good. I mean, it's a comedy, it's a horror comedy, so it's a a different vibe. Right. But, um, Mm. yeah. (laughs) Right. Anything else? Oh, uh, yeah, no. I thought you were going to talk about one other thing, but no. No. Okay. Screw me then. Oh. <laughs> no boob food this time? <laughs> no boob food this time. If you guys want to hear some boob talk, listen to last week's drink chat. Lots <laughs> yeah. of boob food. There were like, we're, we won't make it this time, but we did break a record for the word boob last week. We. I just want to remind people too who write in, um, and we've had some of our listeners do this and we love love it when people say, Hey, we want you to watch that and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so if there are things that you've seen or you haven't seen and you want us to watch it and talk about it and get our spin on it, let us know. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, the episode that we just had on American Murder was, as if you've listened to it, you heard my little tag at the beginning where I credited a listener with saying, hey, I, I want you guys to take on American Murder. And that's why we did that episode. And same with the act. And that's why you heard yeah. a little blurb from me um, on the Dee Dee Blanchard case uh, just before that episode, because I want to give credit to the listener who, who said, hey, I, I would like to hear you guys talk about it. So we are totally game for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe. <laughs>